Welcome to Changemakers with me, Katrina Oliphant, brought to you by Chrome Radio in association with the Monthly Barometer. This week's Changemaker is Hazel Gavigan, Director of Communications at Four Day Week Global, which is on a mission to create a million new years of free time globally. Now, over to Hazel to tell us more about Four Day Week Global and how we can work 80% of our week for 100% of our pay and be happier, healthier, and more productive into the bargain. For the Week Global, it's a not-for-profit with the primary objective of bringing about a widespread adoption of the four-day work week or a reduced hour work week. Our team at Four Day Week Global, we're small but mighty. So we currently have 10 people employed all around the world. I think we're based across eight different countries and five different continents. We also have our academic researchers based in Boston College. And whilst we're doing more local studies, for example, in South Africa, we will try insofar as possible to partner up with local experts in that area. So our partner in South Africa is Stellenbosch. Something that's really important to us is the true global work that is happening on this initiative. It's very clear to us, given the momentum that is currently behind this movement, that it's not a matter of if the four-day week will become commonplace. It's a matter of when. So the four-day work week that we advocate for is based off four-day week global's 180-100 model, which is 100% of the pay for 80% of the time in an exchange for a commitment to delivering 100% of the output. So straight off the bat, we're not talking about a pay cut for workers and we're not talking about a condensed or a compressed work week. This is a true meaningful reduction in work time while still receiving your full-time salary. Where this came about was our founders, Andrew Barnes and Charlotte Lockhart, who are entrepreneurs based in New Zealand, had the idea that you could achieve the same level of productivity if you just refined your processes at work and were a bit more intentional about the way you generate efficiency. They trialed this in their organization, Perpetual Guardian, and it was independently assessed and evaluated by a team of academic researchers. It was really, really effective. Not only did workers observe improved outcomes, but the business observed incredible results increases in productivity, in performance, and they then wanted to take those learnings, spread the good word, and try and bring on as many people as possible on board to this new initiative for the benefit of business, for the benefit of society, and also for the benefit of the environment. But can one really achieve five days' work in four? As we know, a lot of so-called four-day week jobs involve working the same number of hours as a full week, just compressed into four longer days. Fortunately, the model that we operate off helps workers to become more lean in their processes and organizations to enhance efficiencies. So you can achieve the same level of output, but workers don't experience, based on the research, increased levels of stress or burnout or fatigue. In fact, it's quite the opposite. In order to achieve this, we do three main things, and the vast majority of companies can actually implement a four-day week with no additional cost to their business. Number one, you look at how you run and operate your meetings. So ensure that they have a clear agenda, that there are clear action points arising from the discussion. It's Parkinson's law, right? A task will expand to the time allotted to it. So if you give 30 minutes for your meeting instead of an hour, 
generally, you'll be able to achieve what you want to in that more limited time frame. Then number two, you look at how you use technology and implement digital assets more thoughtfully and mindfully. So are there some elements of your business or daily activities that you could automate to allow more time for focused work that actually further contributes to the achievement of objectives? And then thirdly, again, very simply, setting aside distinct periods for focus throughout the day. So for example, the hours between 2 and 4 p.m., workers are free to just keep their heads down to plow through whatever things they need to get done. There's no expectation for them to be taking meetings or be really responsive to emails or be tapped on the shoulder for that one quick question, which might only take two minutes in theory, but you could lose 15 minutes because of the disrupted workflow. By implementing those three core activities, the vast majority of organizations can reclaim that additional 20% of their week at no additional cost to the worker whilst maintaining their current levels of output, and even in some cases, increasing productivity. Four Day Week Global has run a number of international trials of the four-day work week. I asked Hazel to tell me about these and some of the findings. At Four Day Week Global, our bread and butter is our pilot programmes. We run six-month coordinated pilot programs all over the world where companies will self-select to come on board and participate in this trial with our help. We have published results from experiments in the UK and Ireland, the US and Canada, Australia and New Zealand. We also have trials ongoing in South Africa and Brazil. We're currently recruiting in Germany and the Netherlands. So this is very much a global initiative. The outcomes are extremely positive. So far, we've had over 300 companies participate, thousands of workers The largest example of that was the trial in the UK. So back in February of this year, in 2023, we released the results of the experience of 61 companies in the UK and nearly 3,000 workers. I don't think it will come as a surprise to many people that there were extremely positive worker outcomes. We saw reductions in burnout. We saw reductions in levels of stress. We saw improvements in mental health. And these aren't insignificant statistics. There was a 71% reduction in burnout and there was a 39% reduction in stress. People also felt less fatigued. They found that there was a 60% increase in people's ability to combine work life and family life. So by giving your workers back that extra one day per week or that extra 20% of their week, they were happier, healthier, and they were better able to do their job whilst they were there. And that is evidenced by the business outcomes. Workers completed surveys throughout the trial, but so did management or company owners or the business leaders. And overall, they reported an 8.3 out of 10 level of satisfaction with the trial as a whole. But some of the really, really interesting findings were the falls in levels of resignations and levels of absenteeism. So in the UK, these 61 companies, there was 57% reduction in the levels of resignations throughout the period of the trial. And there was a 65% fall in rates of absenteeism, sick days and personal days taken by staff because they had more time back to themselves. They were happier, healthier, less stressed and burnt out. So they were better able to show up and perform while they were at work. 
pre-pandemic, the number one reason companies would approach us and ask for help making this transition was to experience the positive productivity outcomes and also to boost worker well-being. And they are still very much a large part of what the four-day week can provide. But in more recent times, post-pandemic in the era of the great resignation and quiet quitting, for example, the number one reason companies choose to trial out a four-day week is to address their own issues with recruitment and retention of top tier talent. The four day week or reduced hour work week is a fantastic initiative for those companies looking to attract and retain really high quality workers. I wondered what proportion of companies continued with the four day work week beyond the trial period. The vast majority of companies who trial the four-day week will keep it on after the six-month pilot program. So we have roughly a 95% success rate. Out of the companies that we're aware of who haven't decided to keep it on or have paused their four-day weeks for the moment, it actually tends to be factors external to the trial itself. One example that comes to mind is that there was a change of senior leadership within the organization and they were going through a period of turbulence that was outside of the reduced hour work week itself. So they had to take a step away to restructure the organization, basically, which is why they couldn't continue. But the majority of companies who don't continue with the four day week are the ones who never begin in the first place. What I mean by that is we would speak to CEOs or boards of directors who are really, really interested in introducing this in their organization. And they've seen the research and it sounds fantastic and they want to try it out themselves. And it's all systems go until you approach the start date and they get so overwhelmed with the number of possibilities or situations where things could go wrong or where they might encounter challenges or difficulties. And they try and come up with a solution to every possible barrier. And that's just impossible. The very nature of a trial is that it's trial and error. You learn as you go and we will be here as the experts along the way to guide you through any potential challenge you may face because we've seen it all and there are ways and means of going to address it. We also have a community of other pilot participants who have gone through this already that current participants can draw on for support. What we would say is to try it out, to not be afraid to make mistakes and to trust your workers that they know how to do their job the very best and they will figure it out as they go along. Then at the other side of it, we see this 95% success rate. So the vast majority of cases where people do try it out, they love it and they keep it. I asked Hazel if the four-day week meant typically a Monday to Thursday and how that was practical for businesses which provided around-the-clock service. The beauty of the four-day week is that it's a really flexible model. The 180-100 principle can be implemented in many different ways. Initially, when you say a four-day week, I think people automatically assume, oh, three-day weekend, every weekend, no one works on Fridays. And for a lot of businesses, for the majority, I would say, that's completely infeasible. People on our trials, yes, some do take Fridays off. Some may split their teams, but they would have two different days off per week to ensure the same level of five-day coverage. You might have people take five shorter days, or even we have circumstances where there is shift work that needs to be factored in. So you're just looking at clever rostering to ensure the same level of coverage as you had before. As I said, the beauty of the 180-100 model is that it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's totally flexible and you can make it work for you. A reduced-hour work week also has significant benefits for the environment and tracking the environmental outcomes is an important aspect of 4-Day Week Global's business. 
we have a team in Boston College and they run all of our quant research and they do look at environmental outcomes. Some top line findings that are really compelling. Number one, there's an average of 20 minute reduction per person per week in commuting time, which if you think about all those 20 minutes adding up would have a really, really significant impact on the environment. In the US, there was a 42% increase in pro-environmental activities amongst our participants. That includes anything from, let's say, walking or cycling or taking public transport instead of driving. That could be recycling more frequently. That could be cooking a meal at home. So going to buy your groceries or buying your groceries locally and then cooking that meal instead of ordering takeout for delivery, for example. So again, it's all of these small activities that add up to something really significant. So the research is showing that when you give people back more time, they're more likely to make more environmentally friendly choices with their behavior. And then some academics had a concern that the four day week would result in increased domestic and international travel. So if people had a three day weekend every weekend, they might be going on more city breaks, for example, thinking of our European counterparts, they'd be hopping on flights to visit cities and neighbouring countries. But we actually haven't found that travel rebound borne out in reality. And it is something that we are monitoring, but we have found that people with their additional time, they're just doing regular household tasks. We were asking participants, how do you spend your extra day off per week? And the number one answer was laundry. And all of these little environmental factors, when taken and put together, they have really, really compelling impact. And as we continue to expand our study on the level of energy usage in office blocks, for example, that has the potential to be reduced by 20%. So I think the more we look at this, the more we're going to realise the four-day week is a very, very important policy in addressing the climate crisis. Finally, I asked Hazel what the future held for four-day week global and what advice she would give to an organisation interested in implementing a reduced hour work week. So looking forward for us, I've talked a lot about our pilot programmes, which are our bread and butter, but we also offer a foundation course. It's an online course. It's totally digital where you can learn the basics of how to implement a four-day week in your organisation at your own pace, in your own time. That's just recently launched. It's delivered by world-class experts. And then we offer consultancy for large organizations who wouldn't necessarily fit into the structure of the pilot program, who need more bespoke delivery of the trial. So we offer something for everyone, for an organization of every single size, and we go right the way up to government level. We work with governments all around the world. One example is Portugal. It's a government-supported trial happening there, and we are helping the companies who've signed up to that to reorganize their work practices and then embark on the pilot program themselves while we track their progress. What I would say to anyone considering implementing a four-day week in their organization is that you need to look at the risks. Is your biggest risk trying a four-day week and it not working out? Or is your biggest risk that your main competitor tries a four-day week and they're really, really successful with it? According to our research, over 95% of the organizations who try out this model will keep it because they experience such positive outcomes with it. So whatever risk is there, it's certainly worth the risk in trying it out. Hazel Gavigan, Director of Communications at Four Day Week Global. That brings us to the end of this episode of Changemakers. My thanks to Hazel for joining us this week and thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about Four Day Week Global, go to www.fourdayweek.com and that's the digit four. 
Next week's changemaker is Mark Maslin, Professor of Earth System Science at University College London and author of How to Save Our Planet, The Facts, a book for everyone and a clear call for action. As Mark says, the 21st century is when we save our planet from ourselves. You've been listening to Changemakers with me, Katrina Oliphant, brought to you by Chrome Radio in association with the Monthly Barometer. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe to the series wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.